and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. The final forever and ever until there's another Bedlam post, post-Bedlam edition. What if it's Arlington? What if it's just a, a month away? Right, a month away. We got another uh, got another Bedlam? Who knows? It could, it could happen. Chaos in the Big 12 is possible. That's right. Anyways, I am Scott Wright. He is Jacob Unruh. This is the Oklahoma State post-game podcast edition of the Cowboy Chronicles. Oklahoma State 27-24 to 24 winners over number 9 OU. Quite a day. The, everything about today was, was wild. The, uh, the, the game itself um, might have been the most tame thing of, of the entire day, and, that, and, and, and it was pretty damn exciting. So just a crazy, crazy day all the way around. Everything about it, and uh, so many places we could start. But uh, I think you know, last week I made us push all the Ollie Gordon stuff to the uh, to the back of the show. I, I think we gotta I think we gotta give him uh, his due right up front. A lot of interesting stuff and a lot of important players and, and things that happened to get to. But Ollie Gordon and the offensive line, everybody in the state of Oklahoma knew that OSU was going to try to run the ball and they still went out and, and the yards per carry weren't great, but they were solid and they did the things they had to do, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, 138 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had a long reception on screen to over the total on that. Right. Uh, and he just kept pounding and pounding and finding a way uh, to make things happen. And Coolest moment of the night was he struck a Heisman post. He did after his two yard touchdown. Stuck it in there. The, the decisive touchdown, the game winning touchdown. Uh-huh. Uh, the Heisman post, and he was asked about it after the game. He said, "Well, he said uh, OU has a contender for the Heisman. Got to show that we have one too." And uh, that was really, really funny because uh, well, now Gabriel, I don't think is a Bill Gabriel that's now a uh, Heisman contender. I think that's shot. Yes, but uh, Ollie, I think, has firmly pushed himself to that mix. But he just—he found a way. He got banged up at the end of the half. Um, he said it was a turf burn that got reopened that he'd had. I think it was pretty large. Um, figured it out. It was fine. Um, but this off—we just can't talk enough about the growth of his offensive line, right? And the growth of Ollie Gordon too, for that matter. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, the, the way these. They've exploded together. It was remarkable. I asked Ollie, I said, hey, what's, uh, you got to treat these guys something special? What do you, what's your plan? And he said, man, I've been trying for two weeks to take these guys out to eat wherever they want, and they can't ever decide on a place to go. <laughs> uh, so if someone asks me who's a cook, he's like, no, I'm taking where they want to go. It's all on me. And uh, I said, that's probably going to be a pretty pity, right? He said, I don't care. It's totally worth it. <laughs> he said, these guys are the only reason I can do this. Um, so Ollie's just enjoyed this spotlight a little moment, and when they're He's got fans chanting his name. Mm-hmm. The whole the stadium is chanting for him to get the football. And they give the football and he scores on a twenty yard touchdown. I just just can't write a better script for what I like Gordon's doing right now. No, it's it's remarkable. Um, you know, I, uh, I I've said this before, I don't I don't know that he can win the Heisman trophy. But if he keeps producing at a consistent level, similar to what he's been doing. I'm not saying he's got to go for, for 280 every other week, but if he keeps putting up good numbers 
and they keep winning the way that they should at this point over uh, the rest of the regular season. I really think this guy's going to be in New York for uh, for the Heisman ceremony. I think if I think if they win out with the Big Twelve title game, mm-hmm. he's definitely in New York. Yeah, there's I no way because he's going to have to do what he's doing to do that. So, right, exactly. Uh, I think there's no way he's not. I I would I would say that's uh, that's probably accurate. I I think he can get there even if they don't win the Big Twelve title. But it's going to depend on what happens with some other uh, some other games, some other other guys, other stuff. Um, but it, this guy is just he's so much fun, and he's enjoying this. He's being himself, uh, which is I think the the most entertaining thing about it. He's just such a, a happy-go-lucky guy a lot of the time. He's very competitive. I don't want to act like he's not. We saw that side more so last week after he had that fumble. Um, he's very competitive, very intense, and uh, but but he is really soaking all of this in and uh, and you know enjoying the moments as they come along. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about this after the games. We're standing in the tunnel as we all battle through the uh, the, the the field rushing to uh, to get down to get ready for post game interviews. And as I was getting into the tunnel, I saw Ollie going back out, and you, you talked to him, was it, he was going to look for his mom? Yeah, at the yeah he, said, he said that his mom called and said, hey, I'm on the field, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to give you a hug, and so he had to go back out and find his mom, yes, me right and, through the crowd. Me and 4,000 other people out here want to yeah, give you a hug. Yeah, so he went out there and found his mom, find his way back, because at one point we're standing there, and the offensive line, like, huddles up, and he's like, hey, we got to go find Ollie, and right. they almost went back out there, and I, think, I don't think they were allowed back out there, I think someone said no, right? Yeah. but they were trying, they were going to go hunt Ollie down together. And they were going to form another a block a blockade around him to yes. make sure he got through back through again, so they could move on. And, right. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but it also speaks to Ollie. He's still beat himself. He, I mean, he's, he's rightfully a big mama's boy. Oh, yeah. Raised by a single mom, and her sister helped a lot. Uh, so to go find her and give her a hug. I mean, he got roses from her last week. I think the least he can do is go find her and give her a hug in the middle of four thousand people. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, one other thing that uh, this just sort of popped into my head, it actually goes back to a story that I wrote uh, a few years ago when the defense had some some interesting personalities. I think this was actually before you were on the beat, Jacob. It was uh, either 17 or 18. Um, but Mike Gundy lets his players be themselves to a, to a, a certain extent. You know, there are, there are limits. Yeah. But for the most part, um, you know, he doesn't worry about things being all buttoned down all the time, and um, you know he lets Ollie be Ollie. Ramon Richards was the uh, the guy at the time that was sort of the focal point of of that story. Ramon was such an entertaining guy, um, just a, uh, a hilarious dude. Um, it, he was uh, he was the the focal point of that story, and and Ollie is a different type of character, but in a lot of ways reminds me of him. Uh, just because, you know, they you, you go talk to players at, at other universities, and, and you know, we from time to time do interviews with players from other schools, and it's uh, it's a, a different vibe that you get at, at a lot of these places. Uh, that's that's a more more business like, and um, you know, you're you don't feel comfortable, you know, trying to make a joke with a guy or uh, or or try to get him to tell a funny story things like that that, uh, that, that kind of make our jobs fun. 
but that's not an issue with with the guys at OSU who want to be that way. So and I think it's across the board at OSU. It is. Oh, absolutely. I think it's across the board at just about every sport. I like the personalities of like the, the coaches there, the athletic administrators, let the players choose how they want to act. Yeah. As far like I mean, act within reason. Yeah, within reason. They yeah. can't be jerks, but like you know, like they choose how they want to show their personality. Right. Yes, I would agree. All right. Well, we're getting uh, we're getting away from uh, from the game and, and all the craziness of, of the night. What um, gosh, what direction should we even go now? Um, uh, I'll ask you. I'll ask you this. You you and I went down to the field at different times. Um, I know you've been through a, a couple of field stormings now. Um, I, I want to say this is about four for me, four or five. Um, this Cra- is, was this the craziest one? Uh, I think so. This is two for me that I've had to go through. Yeah. You know, they stormed the field at Iowa State in 21. Right. When they beat, when they upset OSU. But we didn't have to go through that. Right. We got to go around all that to get to those games. Yeah. So, um, that helped. Uh, Kansas State didn't storm the field last year in Manhattan, right? Uh, did Kansas? Kansas did. Kansas did. Kansas. This yeah. is three for me, yes. Yeah. It was Kansas. Um, and that, Kansas was difficult. That, that was, was difficult. Yes. The best turn at the goalposts. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so this is the second one. This was the craziest one, though. I would agree. This, this was, I looked at the field and I thought, there is no way I'm getting across this thing. Yeah. And then, as I got, I took the concourse around. This is your plan you laid out before, mm-hmm. and I left without you, so I tried to execute it. And I couldn't figure out how to get down to the field. Still, there's so many people going up and down. Right. And I thought, I started panicking. I was like, they had to start postgame. I don't <laughs> see any players on the field. Yeah. Like, they're gone. And yeah. I was like, this is just fans. And I was, I started panicking. Finally, I had a couple students. Uh, they helped me down on yeah. the wall because uh, I wasn't about to try to jump into a crowd. They're not going to catch me in a crowd surf. So um, I had to ask for help. They helped me down without breaking a leg. And, and, and I made it plenty of time, I guess. But it was it was stressful. Yeah. Yeah, it was. This, this was pretty nuts. Um. Yeah, I would say I would say this one was was crazier in terms of what I've had to deal with to get uh, to get across. In twenty one, I just got behind Joe Mahalski on the field and just that's, followed him. That's the way to play it, right that there. That was uh, that was I saw an offensive lineman. I said, "Follow this guy." I wish uh, I wish that had been available tonight. I could have used <laughs> I could use that help. They're not um, coming to track us down like Ollie. That's exactly right. No. Um, okay, where uh, where where should we go next? Should I go back to uh, to I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go here and go back to early in the game, uh, and and continue throughout the game on a on a certain level. Uh, but I thought Casey Dunn's um, creativity and and kind of kind of showing some new stuff. Like they had that uh, that like four man shift that they would do on uh, on a yeah. few a few plays. Ollie lines up at receiver. Right. Yeah. They shift into the back the running back. And, yeah. They had that that was new. That was I. I assume I, I didn't. You know, can't watch the plays closely enough in in live action to break them down really well. Uh, but I assume that those were uh, you know regular plays that they that they run all the time for the most part, with the exception of the trick play. Yeah, but um, the disaster of a trick play. Yes, which we need to talk about as well. But um, you know, they had that. Uh, you know, with the all the injuries they're dealing with at receiver, he went to a lot of two tight end stuff, which also helped in the run game, obviously. But um, 
but you know didn't force them to uh, to throw another inexperienced receiver on the field. Um, so I thought you know his pregame script is where I was originally going when I started this whole conversation. The the uh, the, the initial script for that first drive I thought was uh, was incredibly well designed, and obviously when you can uh, get down to it and you give the ball to Ollie for a 20-yard run, that really helps. Yeah, but. I thought the entire script in in all was uh, was really well put together. Uh, you know, he just continues to uh, to to kick the creativity up every week, and I think that's the most impressive thing from Casey Dunn's perspective that I've that I've that I've seen from him really maybe in his entire tenure as offensive coordinator. He's got really good scripting. Yeah, this year particularly, he's not ever been terrible at scripting. You know, but this year I feel like he's really, he's jumped like five steps forward in the screen. Right. And it's fun to watch. And we do need to talk about that trick play. Uh, yeah, that, we, yeah, we do. The funny thing is I asked Casey, and I said, was that the design for Holly to throw the pass? Or was supposed to go back to Bowman? And he said, he basically skirted the question. Uh-huh. Didn't want to give up the answer. Right. But then, of course, Ollie gives it up and said he was supposed to give that to Bowman. Bowman, I think, even said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the funniest part about Bowman's answer was he said, we've been uh, we've been running this, we've been practicing this play for a month. We've been running the toss play that, that it starts with. So we've been running that pretty regularly to set this up. He said, we had no plan for what, what should happen if I'm covered, yeah, and he was covered, <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it was pretty entertaining to uh, to hear that, and so you know, so then so then Ollie, you know, tucks it. Probably could have ran for a while if he's he taken off. Oh, really? He said he saw all kinds of mess in front of him, and he just didn't think okay. he could run it. Fair enough, maybe so. Um, and so then all of a sudden you see Rashad Owens pop into open field, making a little crossing route. And he's wide open. Ollie tries to uh, to throw it on the run. Gets too much air under it. Kind of floats it. Gets picked off. And then, with everybody running the other direction, the only man left on the other side of the field is quarterback Alan Bowman. And he has to go and uh, and and make the stop. Get Billy Bowman out of bounds. And he did. And honestly, depending on 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 what could have happened. You know, I mean, that could have. If Bowman doesn't make that stop, it might go for six. And you could you could argue that was top three, maybe most important plays of the game was getting that stop by getting that tackle because OSU ends up punting on uh, on the, the the drive that followed, and then OSU goes down and scores and takes the lead on their following possession. So. Pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, he said basically he didn't get his feet set. Sound, sounds like he's been listening to Mike Gundy yeah, talk to him. Yeah, yeah basically. Because uh, I also said he played quarterback in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that didn't... Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and Al Bowman pointed out as well that he was a high school quarterback and said that's probably the problem. He thinks he's a quarterback. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, it's... I basically think all he said he's never going to do that again. Yes, so, yeah. And Gunny says he's never going to do it again. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, we know they're going to work on the ultimate plan in this upcoming week and then run that again. Right. So, uh, a couple more things on offense before we move over to the defensive side. 
Rashad Owens, and I wrote I wrote a lot about this in my in my main game story. Rashad Owens and Leon Johnson the third combined for 15 catches for 208 yards. Two weeks ago, Leon Johnson was supposed to be redshirting. Uh, six weeks ago, Rashad Owens was basically a third teamer who he had four catches through the first four games yeah. total, and I think two of those were against Central Arkansas. So the fact that that not only those were guys that made plays in Bedlam, but guys that they were able to rely on the way that they did for big catches in clutch moments, tough catches. Rashad, Rashad Owens, some of the catches he made were just ridiculous. Here's the thing about Rashad that blew my mind that I talked to. He said, hey, how, how difficult were those catches? Like, how would you rate those catches? I said, oh, scale 10, 4. I was like, yeah. 4? What do you mean a four? So said, what's a like? What's an eight on his scale? I don't Is it like twelve feet over I, his head? Maybe. I said. I, I said those were incre- like incredible catches in the moment, especially. And I said like incredibly difficult catches. And he's like, well, thanks. I'm like, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he said. He said the, the degree of difficulty was just concentrating on him. And I'm like, concentrate. You, you jump, man. You you do it. I I, I like look at that. That, the, the first crazy one that he made, he goes up and he goes one hand up in the air on when it looks like it's going to be an overthrow directly to a safety. Yeah. Yes. And he goes up and gets a hand on it, tips it to himself, catches it as he's coming back down to the ground. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to see what what kind of catches he he yeah. would rate as a as like a as like an eight or a nine on his. His difficulty scale. He uh, did Cassian with me, didn't he? He did. It sounds I like didn't it. Yeah. Realize that? Yes. Man, not cool, man. So. I was a clown. And then Leon Johnson, of course, now uh, cannot redshirt, so he's got uh, you know the rest of this season to to play, and I, I feel bad for him because I I think this guy's got the athletic ability. Yeah. To have a shot at doing something really special, you know. Now I think he's missing out on now an, an extra year of, of really polishing his game. And uh, you know, he said after the game last week, he basically never had a receiver coach before. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and so and so he's missing out on some time to to really polish things up and and have a chance. I I think he could be a guy that that might get an NFL shot. He might anyway, just because of that size and that ability. And he's obviously got good hands. Um, you know, and, and seems to adjust to the ball he well. Really run. He can run. Uh, apparently, has a 40-inch vertical. Uh, you know, we haven't had to see him go sky for one yet, but um, you know, I've heard that mentioned now by two different people the last two let's, weeks. Let's talk about that for a second. 40-inch vertical. I think I saw today that Isaiah Moran, the seven-foot-one center for OSU, has a 39-inch vertical. Crazy. So that's insane. Yeah, it is. 40-inch vertical for him. Like, and Casey denied said it's, it's really six because because Leon wanted to redshirt. Right. He wanted to come back. It wasn't just the coaches. Leon right. wanted to do this and spend some more time with Rob Class. Right. Different things. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate, but I think OSU's going to reap the benefits as much as they can. The yeah. The yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we don't know. Um, you know, what uh, what the future holds for this receiver group. Obviously, Jaden Bray did not even suit up tonight. Um, Blaine Green suited up and never saw the field. So, you know, I mean, Leon, Rashad, and Brennan were basically it. Um, you know, I think um, Cabinets got in for a few snaps here and there, uh, but that was really 
uh, all they did in terms of, uh, of, of going down the depth chart. So um, we'll see what happens going forward. Obviously, Stribling is out. Uh, all signs point to, to Talon Shetron being done for the year or at least, uh, you know, uh, significant, yeah, significant portion. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how these other guys are able to come back. But I, I think regardless, you've got to take advantage of, of what Leon Johnson III brings to this offense. Alan Bowman talked tonight about how excited he gets just looking out there and seeing that 6'5 guy. Uh, he calls him 6'6", but 6'5 uh, guy uh, out there knowing uh, the different things he can do. Uh, because he's got a, uh, a, a body and, and leaping ability that gives him the, the kind of catch radius that nobody else on this team has. So very curious to see how things go with, uh, with all of that and how they, how they use these guys down the stretch. And obviously, that's going to be dictated by who's healthy. So, all right, anything else on the offense before we, uh, before we shift over to the defensive side? No, of the I think we've got to go defense now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was it was interesting seeing some of the guys that popped up and, and, and made big plays. Um, I think Xavier Benson had maybe one of his best games. They played tremendously. He really did. Three tackles for loss, seven tackles total, forced that fumble. Um, Recovered a fumble. Is that what it was? Was it a recovery? He did both. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so huge game for him. Uh, you know, Nick Martin was right back up there at the top top of the tackle chart. He and Trey Rucker, both with nine. The uh, A lot of different guys in that secondary got tested and for the most part held up pretty well. They didn't give up a ton of, of big chunk passing plays. They had a couple that they got a little bit lucky on. Uh, you know, uh, there was one series in particular where, uh, where two guys looked like they were beat. Uh, one play is an underthrow. One play is a, uh, a drop uh, by the ocean or by the OU receiver. Uh, Nick but Anderson. yeah, Nick Anderson dropped a pass. So there were moments when it it, it could have gone bad on them. Obviously, uh, you know I know a lot of OU fans are worked up about the uh, the non call on the pass interference when when Dylan Smith appeared to make contact with Drake Stoops on the uh, throw to the. Uh, to the end zone there late in the game as well. It's a legitimate play to be upset about if you're there's all there was a there was a, a lot of contact on that. It was all one sided. So I I do understand. Um, but I, th- I honestly I thought this game was probably the most tightly called in terms of pass interference calls. Yeah. Uh, that we've seen from Big Twelve refs all year. Yep. So they were offensive. I've seen offensive one all season. Right. No. No, there's been lots of lots of stuff they've been letting slide, um, and I no, I, I completely agree. I, uh, I if, if if it happened on Sunday in a Colts game, in the same situation, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty worked up about it. So I get it. Um, that said, Dylan Smith, who is barely 19 years old, he was an eighth grader when when. When Drake Stoops played his first game for OU, that's crazy. It is, and he's out there. You know, he has the interception uh, there early in the third quarter, which was a uh, which was a tough play on, on on a deep ball, and then comes up with the big fourth down stop when they hit Stoops underneath for a three yard gain on fourth and five that basically sealed the victory um, for a young guy, another guy that was supposed to be redshirting. 
um, you know, Derek Rawls gets hurt. They end up moving him into uh, into a rotational spot there with uh, with Cameron Epps at that safety position, and he has played incredibly well. Uh, he's been a freshman, but he's played really well. And he had a tough assignment. He and Epps both. They, had, they, they, right. they were primarily on Stoops. Yes. Who I know as your fans probably don't want to hear that on this podcast. Stoops is a tremendous football player. Drake is, and you and I both covered him in high school, right? And watched him grow up. Yeah. And. He has developed into a fantastic football player. Absolutely. I really hope he gets an NFL shot. I know he's small, but I think he can really play. And he's really tough. Yep. And he's hard to bring down. I just, like, I really, really enjoyed watching Drake Sims play. He's so clutch. I mean, if it's third down, you just you know, you know they're going to him, and, and he seems to make the, the play every time. Fourth down, obviously, didn't work out so well for him tonight. No, and OSU was great on fourth down. They, they got two stops on fourth down. Right, yeah. Um, they've been really good at fourth down all year. They're one of the top ten teams in the country, I think, on fourth down. And they improved on third down, I think, too, throughout the night. At first, they, they struggled, they and they got better. They did. At, at one point in the third quarter, uh, I, I was you know I was starting to write some stuff for, for toward the end of the game, and I was keeping, that, and keeping track of that. And at one point in the third quarter, OU was five of eight on third downs, converting third downs, and they did not convert another one the the rest of the night. They had four more chances, one in third quarter, three in fourth quarter, did not convert any of them. So uh, that was uh, that was a really important development because because OU was keeping themselves on the field, keeping things going uh, by by not uh, by you know by succeeding on third down. So. That was a really important development for, for the uh, OSU defense. You know, uh, Dylan Gabriel never really got loose and threw no, uh, off and ran. <clears throat> that I thought was, was important as well because, you know, there had been a lot of talk about, um, you know, his efficiency as a runner and and all of that. So uh, anything else on the on the defense before we uh, we move? I think it's about time for the most important thing I forgot. I think that's but, what it's uh, time for. I think it is. <coughs> Excuse me. Getting choked up over here. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. I, I, I think the most important thing you forgot. Mm-hmm. Where the hell is the field goal post now? That's a very good question. That thing's one of gone. Them, one of them's still, still standing. Yes, the other one just, they just snapped it right off. Yeah, I didn't know you could just snap it like that. That yeah. thing is gone. Yes. It's supposedly in the pond, mm-hmm. right? Or at least one piece of it, for one sure. Piece, I saw another piece going to Murphy's downtown. Right. Yeah. I, th- I there, This fascinates me. OSU students took the field goal post, and they are celebrating. They and are. That's, it was fun. It was, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's my biggest question. Where the hell did that thing go? That's a, that's a fair question. It, it absolutely is a, a, a fair question. Um, another, uh, another important thing that uh, that I forgot, and uh, this is more a question uh, for you, is uh, do we need to book travel to Arlington, Texas for the Big 12 title game? Ooh, I don't think we're going to jinx it. I don't I don't think that's us, but I think so. I mean, that's, if we book hotels, you can cancel. cancel yeah, not, we're, we're not, we're not, we're we're not we're yeah. just reserved. Exactly, exactly. It's like I could go, I could go, I could go reserve one right now for yeah. for the national championship game. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think go, I, I, I think it's time to reserve some some rooms in Arlington. Don't prepay. That's right. No, reserve. don't don't do the prepay. That's that's. We gotta make sure get some good rates. And how crazy is it that we're even discussing that 
after where this team was four weeks into the season. That's it's insane. I didn't expect it. I just with the the way they've come back from South Alabama and Iowa State. In South Alabama, Gundy keeps it in coach well. Mm-hmm. They didn't coach well for the beginning of the season. Um, and it's hard to argue, but yeah. here we are. They're coaching well now. They are, and and while some of their struggles are self inflicted from their early coaching decisions. The turnaround of this team is uh, is maybe Mike Gundy's best coaching job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. No. It's remarkable um, to where this team has gone from in the last 15 months. Yeah. It's really pretty mind-blowing. It's it's almost like like the way last year fell off a cliff, like uh, like this year, like they were, uh, you know, they, they were already at the bottom of the of, of, of the cliff and, and somehow got lifted back to the top. I, it's just so weird. By the way, for those who gamble, they did now go over their uh, preseason victory. That's right. That's right. They did. Seven wins now. That's exactly right. They're over under with six. I mm-hmm. told everyone to take the over. Here they are. Yeah. And 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 that's another one that I didn't think they were going to get there uh, when yep. they were two and two. No, so. I didn't either. All right. So, uh, so there's some, some happy gamblers out yeah. there. Um, all right. Anything else that I forgot? No. If we'll not, uh, not we can uh, we can talk about it Monday from Stone Cloud. We'll be back there and uh, and and get into all of this week. Central Florida. You said two uh, thirty kick for yep. Central Florida. Central next time, week? yes. Three thirty in Florida. Yes. For those who are making the trip, I will not be making the trip. But that's that's okay. right. That's okay. I'll I'll be there. But uh, you will be at Stone Cloud on Monday, as will I. We'll have some beer and talk some more Oklahoma State football. With that, thank you for listening to the Cowboy Chronicles.